Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The winner by unanimous decision is Muhammad Ali. A champion in the ring. A hero outside the ring. A social transformer. Uh, an anti-war prophet. All people watching this interview... I'm seriously trying to get Joe Frazier and George Foreman in one night, and to go down is the greatest fight of all time. Some of them still have doubts and making excuses. I want to work both of these men in one night, and I'll have a record that nobody can touch. Ali did so many things for the people. It was, it was just, uh, it was great. He was more than a boxer. I'm going to do something to Joe Frazier that might be illegal. My lawyers told me to bring a bail bondsman to get me out of jail. They might put my tail in jail and get me out on bail after what I do to Joe Frazier. He's the guy that tell you this is what I'm going to do, and he go out there and do it. Well, after I annihilate this Henry Cooper, I want that bear. I'm gonna I want him head. bad. What's going to happen to him? He might be great, but he'll fall in eight. He was the father of, of the modern athlete, the modern uh, athlete who stood up, spoke out uh, for issues beyond the athletic arena. He moved sports out of the arena of the Tar Department of Human Affairs. Greatest doesn't really capture him. It's not big enough. It doesn't, it doesn't do him justice. Here's a good comedy. But he's ready to go. He's ready to go. just articulated him for, articulated him for himself he really didn't just articulate issues for black america he had articulated issues for humanity and i said joe's gonna come out smoking and i ain't gonna be joking i'll be pecking and a poking pouring water on his smoking and this might shock and amaze you but i will destroy joe frazier some people say you better watch joe frazier he's awful strong I said, tell him to try and roll on. Words can explain what, you know, Muhammad Ali done for the sport of boxing. Um, you know, he's one of the guys that paved the way for me to be where I'm at today. So, you know, we lost a legend, a hero, and a great man. I predict that this will be Buster's last stand. I will do the Buster, but the Indians did the Custer. I'm going to wipe him out. And I'm going to prove that I am still the real champion. You know, he still had that charisma. There's nothing like that. Muhammad Ali magic, and that always existed all the way to the very end. So, um, you know, uh, Muhammad went out with dignity. As I said, uh, the prayers were heard and certainly appreciated. A little tribute to Muhammad Ali there. I spent the morning putting that together. Uh, I felt it was fitting. Uh, saying that Muhammad Ali will probably go down as the greatest athlete of all time. So good morning. Welcome into WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm your host this morning, Nate Geary. I am all by myself this morning. No Ryan Gates, no Brayton Wilson. They are uh, they're both out and about 
doing their thing. On the weekend, uh, I've got Austin Galmarini in for me, uh, working the board. So, Austin, thanks uh, thanks for being in uh, this morning. I know you've got some some crazy uh, bed stuff going on today. you got a new mattress coming in. Uh, so I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to come in and uh, and produce for me. So uh, today the plan was to talk some Sabres. Uh, the NHL draft, about 20 days away from today, uh, the NHL scouting combine right at home in downtown Buffalo at the uh, the new and improved Harbor Center. Uh, a lot of great reviews from uh, from writers and GMs alike. Um, I expect to hear an announcement in the coming days uh, that this may be a permanent move for the NHL moving forward for the Combine. Uh, if you heard yesterday on Chopin the Bulldog, they had uh, Corey Pronman on. Uh, Dan Marr was also on in the morning at Hockey Hotline. Uh, he spoke about some uh, some of the amenities that Buffalo really has to offer the NHL and the NHL Scouting Combine. Uh, so I expect to uh, to hear an announcement soon that the uh, the Combine could uh, could be here long term in Buffalo. But what I do want to get to this morning, and I think I think we all kind of really have to talk about it today, is is the passing of Muhammad Ali. Um, I'm pretty young. I'm 24 years old. Um, I, I don't necessarily have a personal connection with anything that Muhammad Ali has done over the course of his career. Mostly I know Muhammad Ali as being kind of an old, frail, skinny man with Parkinson's disease. And it's kind of unfortunate that that's my, my lasting memory of someone so great, um, someone that did so, uh, so much for the not only the sport of boxing, uh, because the, bo- the sport of boxing will live on and it, you know, it was there before Ali and it's there after, but really humanity as you heard in the in the open there and and you hear a lot of people's reaction you know across sports but just across life humanity that Muhammad Ali was so much more than just a boxer so much more than just an athlete he stood for a lot of things at a time when it was difficult to stand for them so what I want to do this morning is I want to hear from you. Um, I don't have a lot of stories about Muhammad Ali. I don't have a lot of personal memories. I'm hoping you do, and I want to hear from you. 803-0550 is the number. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear what you got to say about Muhammad Ali. How has he affected you? How Can we even really compare the levity, the the sort of power impact that, that Muhammad Ali had on America, the world, um, at the time when he was really a star? You know, is is there an athlete today uh, or or recently that you can compare Muhammad Ali's greatness to and uh, I want to hear from you guys. I want to know if uh, if if you think there's an athlete today that can, you know, compare to Muhammad Ali to, to compare to not only his dominance on the you know in the ring, but just in the world on on society on humanity. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of stories about Muhammad Ali, and you know, the one that kind of sticks with me is his his you know revolt against Vietnam and the Vietnam War and what the country was going through at that time. And again, I wasn't alive. And it's difficult for me to really kind of look back and talk about it. But I will because he he meant so much to humanity and and the sport of boxing. Again, I want to hear from you guys. 803-0550 is the number. 888-550-2550 if you're out of the area. We'll also take your tweets and text messages uh, as well this morning. We're talking about the the great Muhammad Ali and... uh, I saw. I see a tweet here from um, from Jeffrey York on Twitter, and it says Nelson Mandela. You know, think of Nelson Mandela 
as a pretty powerful human, kept a photo of Muhammad Ali on his desk. He was Muhammad Ali's, or he was uh, Mandela's hero, says the Mandela Foundation. And uh, I think that should that should speak volumes to who Muhammad Ali was as uh, as a person and as an athlete. The Nelson Mandela kept a picture of him on his desk. Um, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty powerful stuff. Um, and uh, moving forward, uh, just you you keep going through Twitter, you stream through Twitter, you stream through Facebook, social media. You see it everywhere. Everyone's weighing in on on the. Uh, on the sadness today, and it is, it is sad, but at the same time, uh, it's nice to celebrate the life of someone so dominant, um, and just as I'm watching NBC Sports here, they're playing some Ali Frazier highlights, and you know, that that was the one thing that I think nowadays moving forward is the game, the, the sport of boxing, I call it the game of boxing, but the sport of boxing has really kind of lost its luster. Uh, especially since the days of Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, George Foreman. Um, these guys that really, I mean, boxing was the biggest sport around uh, in, the, in the 70s, 80s. I mean, you're talking about you know football, baseball. They really took a back seat to boxing uh, when Muhammad Ali was in his dominance, in his prime. People, people would spend thousands, millions of dollars to be front row at a Muhammad Ali fight and you know it's it's definitely magical to look back at some of the the images and some of the videos that you see from these fights and and really kind of get an idea if you're someone like me who doesn't have that type of experience to go back to is is going back and looking at some of these YouTube videos of these fights and and honestly it really even wasn't the fights that you look and you say this guy was so awesome. He's so great. It's the sound bites. It's the the trash talking. The everything that he stood for. And some people. And and if you were listening to ESPN Radio before uh, before my show here, um, Dari Noka was was talking about if if you're a casual fan or not even a fan, if you're just a casual person who might hear some of the things that Muhammad Ali say, you might think man this guy's really all about himself he's really he sounds selfish he's cocky he's conceited and, and i think it couldn't really even be further from the truth because he stood for so much more than just the sport than just himself he may have seemed selfish in some of the things that he said and the way that he I undoubtedly treated some of his opponents, Joe Frazier, as you could hear the uh, in, in that pregame or in the uh, in that sound right at the beginning of the show, and and you hear some of the things that he says about his opponents, and you wonder how many people really could have loved that guy back in the day, um, but it's it's pretty clear now the it's the outspoken um, the uproar of support and remembrance for such an amazing athlete. Um, I think it's I think it's a pretty incredible thing, and for me, I've I've I, right before the show, I kind of sat down and I really tried to think about, you know, who can I compare Muhammad Ali to, and I think you can start in a couple different sports, but to me, I think, and I was talking to Brian Koziel too. He came in studio after after his T degree show this morning, and. I was talking to him and I said, I, I just don't really know an athlete that I can think of that's any time recently that kind of compares to what Muhammad Ali meant to society and meant to sports. And he brought up to me Tiger Woods and I, and I thought to myself, 
I think that's probably your closest, um, the dominance that he had on the golf course. And then right up until that, uh, you know, the off the course incident with his wife and um, the golf club and the, the everything that went on, the turmoil off the off the uh, the playing course for for Tiger. It's difficult to really compare them the two because although you can compare the dominance in their in their respective sports, you can't really compare them as figures off the field. So then I moved on to someone like maybe Michael Jordan, um, you know, maybe the greatest athlete, uh, professional team sports athlete of all time. But Michael Jordan, you know, it didn't have that impact off the field or off the court that Muhammad Ali did. So I sit here and I'm struggling to really kind of make a good comparison. So I'm hoping to hear from from uh, from some of you guys about uh, about Muhammad Ali, maybe what he meant to you. Um, we also uh, we've also got some saber stuff to talk about today too, so we will get to that as well. Um, but I definitely wanted to to gauge the interest on uh, on talking about Muhammad Ali and his career because I do think it's important, and I do think it's it's something that you know you'll probably hear uh, Matthew Collar talk about later on on Sports Talk Saturday when he comes on. Um, you know, it's it's not just local radio people; it's it's national. I mean, listen to ESPN Radio right now. They're they're in a full day of remembering Muhammad Ali, and that says a lot. I think it says a lot for not only the athlete himself, but the person. Um, you don't get too many full-day ESPN broadcasts on ESPN Radio for, for just any athlete, and um, he's, definitely, he's definitely the great one, and uh, he will surely be missed. And, and the thing that, that I struggle with, again, in, in the, on this comparison is is just the off field the the away from the game impact that he had on people's life and uh, we're going to go out to the phones right here we've got uh we've got gene and gene's got a an, uh, an ollie comparison for me gene uh you're on the program how are you doing this morning good good how are you i'm doing well uh, i think uh you could compare him with jesse owens uh for guys who uh you know fought for a cause and changed the world yeah, that Gene. That's actually really good. Now Jesse Owens is the track athlete. Uh, now he would have what? What year would he have been? He would have been in the 40s, correct? I'm not sure if it was the 40s or 50s. He was Olympic. He made the Olympics, but I think uh, Germany wouldn't let him come there, and you know they said you can't come here. But um, he was just a great athlete, and he stood for a cause. Yeah, thanks a lot, Gene. I appreciate your call and your input uh, on that one there. Jesse Owens, I think that's a really a really interesting comparison, and I actually really like it. Um, there's actually a movie. Uh, I believe they're about to come out with a movie. 36? It was 1936? Hmm. Hmm. Jesse Owens. But uh, the I think what Gene's referring to is is the year of the Olympics that was in Germany, and it was kind of the in the middle of the reign of Nazi Germany. And uh, Hitler was in reign there, and black athletes hadn't really been the the most excited to kind of go over to Germany and be a part of something, you know, that that really all of all of mankind was looking on to Nazi Germany at that point, and and for all of the eyes of the world to kind of move to the Olympics in that in that year. It's very interesting. I think that's really kind of the best comparison I can have. And again, that's not exactly a recent comparison, um, but I think it's the one that you can at least compare to off the field as someone 
that impacted society off the field, that impacted something that, that meant more than just sports. Um, and I think that's I think that was a good one, Gene. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate the call on that one, and uh, and that was a good that was a good addition to the show. So I appreciate that uh, that there. Uh, we are going to continue talking about Muhammad Ali across the uh, across the morning here. Uh, so we'll continue taking your calls eight zero three zero five fifty. If you've got any memories, any you know anything on Muhammad Ali at all, feel free to call in. Uh, and and give me your uh, your thoughts and stuff on that. But uh, what I'll do now is I'll transition a little into uh, into some NHL hockey because, as you know, the NHL scouting combine, the 2016 NHL scouting combine, started this week and heads into the weekend. The Windgate test is today, and if you weren't listening yesterday, uh, Corey Pronman uh, came on with Chopin the Bulldog to talk a little bit uh, about what the Windgate test is um, and some of the other exercises the uh, the prospects will be going through today at the combine. And I thought the Windgate was was an interesting test because, from what I hear, they they tape your feet to a, uh, a stationary bike, and you're basically, you go until you puke. Uh, so that's what they were talking about yesterday is uh, some of the athletes uh, will, be, will be participating in that today. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the prospects uh, that's considered to go number two is, uh, is Line. And Line actually got hurt yesterday during one of, the, one of his drills in the combine, so he won't be taking part in the Wingate today. I thought that was interesting because... Uh, Seems kind of like a cop out to me. Uh, pretty, that's pretty convenient. That uh, all of a sudden, right before the uh, the dreaded puke test comes, you uh, you hurt your knee. But uh, interesting stuff. The NHL Combine uh, that is this weekend, Harbor Center, downtown Buffalo, and then we've got the draft coming up. And uh, as you know, the Sabers drafting eighth overall. Um, and I was uh, talking with somebody on Twitter yesterday, and they wanted to get they wanted some opinions on what to do with the eighth overall pick and. I think it's interesting to talk about because it's hard to really determine where the Sabers are at this point in the rebuild. Um, I got, I kind of, it was almost, you want to call it a fight? I don't know. It was, it was a nice back and forth uh, about what the Sabers should do with the with the eighth overall pick, and there are three pretty good uh, prospects, defensive prospects, highlighted by uh, Jacob Chikrin, um, who. Uh, is considered to be the top defensive prospect um, in this upcoming draft. The The issue that we're seeing here with the eighth overall pick, and to me, and the idea that, you know, the eighth overall pick should be, we should sit at eight and select the top defenseman available. My argument for that in, in, ha- in not drafting the top available defenseman is... If you listen to the broadcast a few weeks ago, we had um, Craig Button on the program. I think this was this would have been last week Saturday. Craig Button had gone through some of the defensive prospects, and when we asked them who he thinks um, the Sabers would really like, or who he thinks the Sabers will take with the eighth overall pick, he had mentioned Jacob Chikorin, but also mentioned that all three of these top defensive prospects probably are about a year to a year and a half away from making any real impact. Um, at in the NHL at the NHL level, so to me, it's important to talk about and it's important to note where this team is right now as re- in regards to their rebuild. Are they a year away? Are they two years away? Because I think that's important. If they're going to take a prospect, if they're going to take somebody at the, with the eighth overall pick, it has to be to me someone that can help them today. And I think. 
I think the biggest issue with the eighth overall pick is nobody at eight that they're going to take defensively can help them this year. And ultimately, if you're a team that's ready to take the next step, which I think the Sabres team is, they need someone that can help and, and contribute this coming season. And I just don't see any of the prospects that are currently pegged to be the top three defensive prospects can really provide that type of impact for the Sabres next year. So my thought is, move the pick. Now, if the Sabres feel that they want to go with the top, the best available forward, they should move up. And I, th- I think that the best opportunity for the team is to move up or trade back and just trade out completely. And uh, and I think that's important to uh, to definitely note there. But I do also want to continue on with this Ali talk as well. So we're both we're talking Sabers and Ali today. Eight oh three oh five fifty. If you've got some opinions, memories, stories, anything on Muhammad Ali, we'll take them. We'll hear them. Uh, we'll also read some tweets today. And and I think that's important that we uh, we continue on this Ali talk as as long as we can today because. It's about remembering someone who not only was important in society, but important to sports um, and the, the sport of boxing. Um, one tweet here is, uh, there's a wonderful tribute too. If you go to ESPN.com, um, they, they have a nice video of the, uh, the legendary three-time heavyweight champ. Um, died at 74 years old, as, uh, as we reported earlier. Um, and as Kevin Sylvester, a uh, former WGR, and he's on the T Degree show, Muhammad Ali was one of the few that was great in and out of the ring and always loved his interactions with Howard Cosell. Hi- Howard Cosell, too, I-, I was listening to some sound from Howard Cosell as well. That um, is some very interesting stuff. And when we get back from break, um, we will, uh, I'll play some sound uh, from you. We've got a lot of Ali sound as well. Um, that I'd like to play and, and just maybe spark the memories for some of you um, to really get going on this this morning because I do I want to hear from you guys um, I want to hear what what kind of stories what kind of memories you have about Muhammad Ali because as I said I'm young I'm a youngster I'm only 24 years old I don't have a lot of experience I don't have a lot of gripping memories of of Muhammad Ali and it's sad for me to you know be here today and not really have any good stories to to kind of lay back on and for a majority of people, and especially people in the older generations, my dad's generation, um, older, really. I mean, even my dad were, couldn't exactly, um, you know, appreciate everything that Muhammad Ali did um, in the ring. And, and I think it's really almost the next generation of people, the baby boomers, that really probably lived through most of their childhood in their early years, you know, seeing and, and just seeing the impact that Muhammad Ali had on on everyone, and uh, I think it's important to note, and, and I definitely want to continue taking calls from everyone. Ken Rosenthal, uh, remember as a kid listening to round-by-round accounts of Rumble in the Jungle on the radio, was the only way to get info. Ali Triumph was electrifying, and, and I think that really that, that speaks true, and I think probably my favorite part about Muhammad Ali is, is just listening to some of the old-school calls and the live from you know the Frazier Ali fight or the Foreman Ali fight is hearing some of these the the calls and it's it's so vintage it's so great it's it's so awesome to listen to and go back to and it's it's great that we have avenues like YouTube where we can go back and really enjoy and appreciate athletes like Muhammad Ali and the greats that we just weren't able to grow up with. <laughs> Here's a, somebody tweeted out Sportsnet on Sportsnet uh, a quote from Ali, and it's, uh, I should be on a postage stamp. That's the only way I'll ever get licked. 
<laughs> that's a heck of a quote from Ali right there. And uh, that's, that's about, that about says it all for Ali, if you, if you ask me. And uh, yeah, that, if, you, if you hated one thing about Ali, I guess it would have to be the trash talk. But I, at the same time, if you look, that's probably what a lot of people loved about him. It's, it's what got people going. It's what got other athletes going. It's what got George Foreman going. I mean, I remember looking at that fight, the George Foreman and the, uh, the Ali fight, and I thought it was really interesting watching some of the highlights of that fight. And right before the fight, I mean, up into that fight, the trash talking was, it was real. Ali was was calling him out because at this point, George Foreman had been the, the heavyweight champion of the world. And he was considered to be the best at it. And Ali, at this point, hadn't beaten George Foreman. And, and Foreman, at that point, was considered the best in the world. And Ali was having nothing to do with that. Ali was, this guy's got nothing. I got this guy, no problem. And, and the narrative continued right up into the fight and the stare down. The stare down was pretty amazing. Um, just Foreman staring him down. And every time Foreman hit Ali, Foreman, is that all you got? Is that all you got, Foreman? I can't feel that. I can't. And I just thought that that was vintage Ali. Just trash talking while he's getting smacked. Vintage Ali. 803-0550 is the number. Let's hear some more opinions from you guys. We've got some callers coming in right now. So we'll take your calls after this break. Uh, all that and more on WGR. Tried to drop Wetner. There's a good combination. Wetner's ready to go. He's ready to go. Ali comes on. Wetner is staggering. He's out of his feet right now. There's the combination. Ali has his man in trouble. Little sound there from uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, live from a fight. So let's head out right to the phones. We've got some people ready to tell us some stories on Muhammad Ali. First up, Bruce from West Falls. Bruce, you are on the air. How are you doing this morning, Bruce? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so I want to say thanks, GR, for uh, spending some time on Mr. Ali. Absolutely, Bruce. Um, first, I want to say, if anyone remembers, it was around 1979, the Odd had a big ticket thing with about 10 boxing matches on there. Muhammad Ali wasn't on the ticket, but he was on ringside. He was sitting there with two of the young Jackson sisters from the Michael Jackson family. When everybody found out he was there, they did the Ali chant, and they raised the roof. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was the only time I remember him in Buffalo. Another thing I want to say is when I was really young, I'll make it quick. He was on Candid Camera once. They had him dressed up as a customer, and when a delivery guy came to the house with his product, he pretended to not pay the guy. And it was kind of funny because the guy was getting all upset, didn't know it was Muhammad Ali, and it was pretty funny. But uh, other than that, he was an American superhero, and I just want to say thanks, you guys, for doing that. Absolutely, Bruce. Thanks, uh, thanks for the call, Bruce. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the good memory there. You know, I I'm one of those guys who uh, who was never in the odd myself. Um, you know, I was uh, not old enough really to ever have experienced the odd. Um, so that to me, Bruce, that that memory sounds pretty. Pretty great uh, to be in the odd and, and, and have Muhammad Ali there, not fighting, uh, but the crowd still chant his name. I, I think that really kind of, that just reinforces his, his legacy as, as a sports hero. Um, you know, he's not even fighting. He's just ringside watching, watching a match, and the whole, the whole crowd just starts chanting, chanting Ali. 
I mean, talk about a sports hero. Cal, uh, let's hear from you, Cal. You've got some uh, some good memories here for Molly. Let's uh, let's hear what you got, Cal. Well, yeah. Well, first off, how you doing? I appreciate you guys too. doing well. You know, it's it's a pretty good subject, isn't he? Deserves the recognition, obviously, that he's he's getting. Um, I don't know. My first memory, I was about eight or nine years old. I remember watching some of the pre-fight antics, and you know, I don't think he was just just such a great charismatic showman, and he was, you know, I remember him. It was the Thrill in Manila fight, and he had this little gorilla, this little plastic gorilla, and he's punching it and goes, come on, gorilla, we in Manila. <laughs> Talk about Joe Frazier. Yep. And then, you know, it was entertaining. You're a little kid. You think it's funny. That's great. But being somewhat of a kind of a boxing historian myself, um, I looked back and looked that fight up, and um, he actually fought one of the most grueling fights in boxing history when he fought that fight. They were in Manila, and they actually, uh, the time of the fight was like 10 a.m. doing to television and stuff like that at the time. Um I guess when they started fighting, it was like over 120 degrees. And it was such brutal conditions as far as the heat. And even Joe Frazier said it was the most brutal thing he's ever went to in his career. And Ali was even quoted saying that was the closest he ever came to dying. And those guys pounded the heck out of each other for like 13 rounds until um, basically Frazier's corner threw it in. And I guess just before that, um, Angelo Dundee, you know, Bali goes, listen, I'm, I want to cut these gloves off. And Angelo Dundee didn't do it. So it was like Frazier's corner quit just before Ali did. But it was one of the most epic fights of all times. And I just think a lot of people, if you ever look back in want to YouTube it or whatever, it's it's an amazing fight. So I just had to, I had to just bring that up. Yeah, no, thank you, Cal. I really appreciate it. I mean, do you have uh, – that's one of the fights that really stick out to me. But, I mean, do you have any good memories from that, that Foreman fight? Because to me, uh, some, some great quotes – in match um, from that fight really stick out to me against Foreman. I mean, he's basically taunting Foreman. And at the time, um, I mean, you could probably tell him better than me, Foreman was the guy. Well, yeah. Foreman, at the time, everybody thought he was invincible. He won the gold medal, too. And he he, he was knocking – like, he actually knocked out, like, Joe Frazier. If, I mean, literally knocked him right off his feet. It was like – Down goes Frazier. And then nobody could hit as far as hard as uh, George, George Foreman. But the thing is, yeah, that was the rope and dope. And he just was smart. He wore himself out, and George Foreman just punched himself out. And Ali just, you know, kept taking it, most of his punches on the arms until George was, you know, basically exhausted. And then then he took him out after that. So, yeah, that was another great fight. But, yeah, he's, he's involved in, like, several of the greatest fights of all time. He was just He was just a great ambassador of the sport, but, you know, I just everything else after he did out of the ring was even probably better than what he did in the ring as far as the humanitarian type stuff that people don't even realize. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Cal. Cal, thank you so much for uh, for calling in. Those uh, some really great stuff. So I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Have a great day. You as well, Cal. With some really good stuff there on uh, on Muhammad Ali. I, that to me, some of his memories. Um, you know, he definitely sounded like a good uh, boxing historian. Um, and and I think it's interesting to bring back that Frazier fight. Um, because I definitely didn't know I I knew that it was being I know it was being fought in Africa because you know Ali had alluded to that multiple times but 120 degrees I mean that is just that is unbelievable that two men could go 13 rounds in 120 degree oh that just, to me that sounds like hell uh, I mean, I was at the beach last week on Memorial Day. It was 90 degrees, and I'm like, get me out of here. 30 degrees hotter, and you're going 13 rounds with the world champion? For God's sakes. That is just ridiculous. 
Let's head to Twitter too, because I I just keep seeing more and more stuff on Twitter that uh, that is really good stuff. And a quote from Ali here is, "Don't count the days, make the days count." And that's um, definitely one of my favorite quotes quotes from Ali as well. And, uh, you know, he really is just a quote machine. I mean, if you go back, you know, sting like a, what is it, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I mean, that's got to be one of the most famous Ali quotes of all time. Um, I mean, he's got, let's see, I mean, I've got some sound here. I mean, as well, might as well hear it from the man himself. You know, he, one of my favorites, though, was when he's talking smack to Joe Frazier, which, uh, from what I was told by Austin, there's been a couple of callers who are kind of adamant about Ali's treatment of Frazier and he was just a jerk to Frazier all the time and uh, well well hear it yourself nope no sound can't get it uh Austin would you play uh would you play the smoking Joe Frazier sound there uh, on your news boss if you can no all right well we'll keep going to tweets because they're just as good I mean, uh, let's see here. Courageous in all things in which he believed, led by example, dignity, humor, generosity, love. You know, I think it's important to talk about not as much as we want to reflect on Ali as a fighter. Um, I think some of the stuff out of the ring is really the stuff that I know me as a person um, have really kind of admired about Ali and his stance against the Vietnam War and his you know conversion to um to muslim and at the time it, now it's when you look at it today i i think his his conversion to muslim would have probably been a, a much more hot topic if that was something that had happened today um but i mean you remember guys like muhammad ali and malcolm x i mean those guys were some of the most outspoken um and then you look at guys like kareem abdul jabbar who obviously is is potentially one of the greatest basketball players of all time, I mean, Kareem is outspoken in his in his words with you know for how much that Muhammad Ali really meant um, to him as an athlete. Um, it's it's pretty crazy to to see guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and you know these crazy these amazing these tra- these athletes that really kind of transcend time and I and I think. The idea that Ali transcends race, I think, is an interesting topic to talk about as well, because at the time, I mean, you're talking in the 60s and 70s, you're talking in, that's the height, I mean, the absolute height of, of the civil rights movement. And you, right now, you look at any picture of Ali, he's he's the face of civil rights movement. He's got pictures with MLK, for God's sakes. I mean, it's, it's so awesome to look back at a guy who, uh, who is just means so much to humanitarian efforts and I don't know a lot about the Vietnam War but it's you know he was the face of why the why it was wrong and why Vietnam was wrong and and I thought that's really important but we'll play a sound here this is the uh, the sound I was referring to the uh, the Joe Frazier and I said Joe's gonna come out smoking and I ain't gonna be joking I'll be pecking and a poking Pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. Some people say, you better watch Joe Frazier. He's awful strong. I said, tell him to try band roll on. <laughs> what a great, what a great soundbite from, from Ali. I got a little something here from, from AP as well that I, I, I wanted to read. And uh, it's Muhammad Ali taunted opponents with razor sharp rhymes, comical one-liners, and the type of boxing bravado that both endeared him and, I'm sorry, endeared him and angered the masters. 
Ali was a loudmouth threat to the establishment. He could make heavyweight rivals Joe Frazier, Sonny Liston, George Foreman feel the, like unwritten participants at their own roast. He was the king of the world and the clown prince who fought for both championships and his right as a, as a human being. His mouth roared, never bored, with wit as sharp as a sword, who went full bore into each fight with a silver tongue and a heavyweight gold. Great stuff there from AP as well. We'll continue taking your calls over the uh, the last about 15, 20 minutes here of, of the program. So feel free to call in if you've got any memories, any you know quotes that you particularly like, or any fight that sticks out to you in particular, or a specific athlete that you can compare Ali to, or anything. We're taking your calls this morning on the life that was Muhammad Ali and uh, who passed away yesterday at 74 if you, for some reason, had been under a rock for the past 24 hours or so. Um, Muhammad Ali passed away at 74 last night. So we'll continue our coverage this morning on the, the passing of Muhammad Ali. We'll be taking your phone calls at 803-0550. All that and more on WGR. Well, I'll tell Henry Coop, if he's watching this show, to come to the fight and be ready to fight. Because I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to London to get you. And after I'm through beating him, I think you'll have to join the Beatles and be a singer. Welcome back into the final segment here at WGR Sports Radio 550. Your host here, Nate Geary. And I, I brought along a special guest here. He's, uh, he's got his show, Inside High School Sports, coming on next. So I've got Tony Caligiri in studio, who, uh, who's got a pretty interesting uh, story to tell. Uh, I grabbed him in the hallway and he's like, I met Muhammad Ali. I'm like, well, get your butt in my studio right now and talk about it. And uh, so here he is. Uh, Tony, tell us about uh, the time that you met Muhammad Ali. Well, uh, I lived in Las Vegas uh, 1986 through 87. I was going to UNLV. And uh, I got a job at the Las Vegas Hilton working in the Odyssey Buffet. It was a, a brunch buffet. And uh, one morning... We're getting set up, and uh, so I'm standing at my station, and the doors open, and the first person to walk through the door was Ali. And, you know, as someone who grew up watching Ali, who idolized Ali, to see him in person, I lit up like a Christmas tree. I had a smile from ear to ear, and he recognized that. He walked up to me, shook my hand, and asked me how I was doing. And I was completely blown away. I was like, this is amazing. This is the most recognizable athlete in the world, at least during my time yeah. uh, growing up. And here I am shaking his hand. And I couldn't do enough for him uh, the oh, time sure. that he was there. It was absolutely tremendous experience. Now, you grew up and watching a lot of probably his fights, but that was really at the end of his career. He had already been diagnosed with Parkinson's at that point. When I met him, yes, he was uh, struggling, but I could still understand right. him. Uh, and I don't remember how many years along it had been since he was diagnosed with that. But I knew that when he, he walked in, that he had, so I was aware. And, uh, but I was able to understand him and, and uh, communicate with him. Uh, I wasn't one of the ones that went up asking for his autograph. Right. He, you know, m a line of people uh, waiting to uh, meet him. And I can't remember. There was a, a young heavyweight fighter. Uh, he fought in the Olympics, 
and he was trying to go up the ranks mm-hmm. in the uh, heavyweight division. So he's standing next to me as we're watching a crowd of people uh, swarm Ali. And I told him, I says, look, you see what's going to happen if you win the belt? He goes, yeah, I really hope so. <laughs> it was it's, just incredible. But it's the the thing about Ali, and, and we can talk about his accomplishments in the ring all we want because there's a good list of accomplishments that that man has has been able to do over the course of his career. But I think everyone kind of goes back to, and even a, a non-sports fan can can look back and think about Muhammad Ali, about some of the things that he did away from the sport, and, and just a humanitarian. I mean, do you, you know, for you, what, is, what does he mean outside of the ring for you? Well, you know, I didn't pay too much attention to get into the things that he did outside of the ring. Uh, there was a lot of controversy mm-hmm. in the 60s uh, when uh, he refused to be drafted. Uh, so a lot of people were negative on, on that. But I was a little too young at that time uh, when, uh, when that was going on. In fact, that's probably around the time I was born. But I grew up watching him fight. You know, and that, that's, that, those are my memories. Uh, it used to be uh, in the day before pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You see it on Wide World of Sports on, on ABC. It was like, great, we're going to see uh, Ali fight. And then, of course, we got to the bigger ones, you know, Ali Frazier and, and Ali Foreman, those, bi- those bigger fights, those big time. But uh, I rooted for him. I loved his style, his brashness, uh, everything about him I just loved. I mean, and, and for me, I, it's because I didn't grow up in that era. It's it's difficult for me to compare Ali to any athlete nowadays. Uh, the dominance, but not only the dominance. It was the bravado. It was the cockiness that I think well, he introduced it right, and he made that acceptable in sports. He made the trash talk acceptable, but it wasn't just trash talk. Like it was poetry, was it not? I mean, the way that he would trash talk you, you'd walk away, and how could you be mad if you if you're Frazier if you. It's not only was it funny, but it just it was poetic. Well, Frazier didn't find it. No, funny. I didn't. He think was so. <laughs> very, very angry with Ali and, and held a grudge uh, for the longest time. I believe they kind of reconciled towards uh, you know before Frazier had passed away. But uh, it was entertainment, and what Ali was able to do uh, that uh, people didn't recognize back then was draw attention to his fights. This was the big thing. Ali had been talking, talking, and uh, and that's what I think uh, elevated him so far above any other athlete. Uh, like you said, we weren't used to it; we didn't see it. You didn't you have it on the football field. It wasn't, you know, the Michael Irvins and, and the uh, uh, Terrell Owens. Nobody was like that right. back then. Yeah, and I think you bring up an interesting point too. And it's what's what's interesting about Ali is even in the midst of battle. I mean, in that Foreman fight. He's Foreman's thrown haym- body haymakers at Ali, and he's just whispering in his ear. And you can, and on the YouTube video, you can hear him, and and he just says, "Is that all you got, George? Is that it? You ain't even hitting hard, boy." And it's like this is the heat of battle. He's the king of mental games. And, and and as you said, he's promoting himself. This is before fighting had promoters and had people whose job it was to make people aware of the fight. Ali did it himself. Yeah. Ali was the was promotions before promoters. He wrote really, the book on he it. did. And and I think it's such an interesting. It, you could really talk forever on Muhammad Ali, and I'm glad you you were able to come in and talk with me a little bit. I, I think having a personal experience like that. Um, is really something magical. I have yet to really have an athlete impact my life um, 
as Muhammad Ali probably did yours and a lot of other people. And then to be able to meet that person, um, I can only imagine. I was very fortunate throughout my, I have been very fortunate throughout my life, whether it's been in broadcasting or my years uh, living in Las Vegas or even stuff in Buffalo to always uh, be able to meet uh, celebrities. But, uh, you know, outside of meeting George H. Bush, uh, Ali was probably the biggest thrill of my life. Well, Tony, I really appreciate you taking some time out here. Uh, you My will pleasure. be on next with Inside High School Sports. What do you got going on today? Yeah, we have a lot going on. We're, it's the time of year where we get into a lot of the camps and clinics. We're going to talk about a Rugby Sevens uh, clinic coming up. We have the Wilson Girls Basketball Clinic coming up. We're going to talk uh, with Ken Stolt from Section 6, the football chairman, about a uh, clinic that I recently attended uh, where the focus on safety for mm. football, it was a awesome uh, event and he has one coming up for the high school so we're going to talk about that and of course we can get everybody caught up on you know boys and girls lacrosse where we are right now in the sectionals yep, section and playoffs, uh, yep. softball baseball so we have all that to go uh, today well we've got uh, we're still local here from uh, from 10 until 2 so we've got inside high school sports uh, coming up right here next and then uh, sports talk Saturday with Matthew Collar after I'm sure uh, Matthew will be touching and I'm sure you'll you'll touch on Muhammad Ali as well yes, uh, we the will. passing of uh, of boxing legend and three-time heavyweight champion Muhammad Ali at the age of 74. So for uh, for Tony Caligiri, thanks again, Tony, for coming on with me. I appreciate it. Austin, uh, thank you for coming in this morning. Uh, I appreciate your, uh, your assistance on the board. And for me, Nate Geary, uh, until next week, uh, we'll see you soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.